Welcome to the Issa Rugby Podcast, where we bring you the latest news, updates, and interviews. With more insights from the Springboks. It is the Springboks champions of the world. The Junior Box, the Blitzbox, our two national women's teams, local competitions, and more. Good day and welcome to our next episode. My name is Dejong Borchard and I'm in the Communications Department of SA Rugby. In this installment of the SA Rugby podcast, we caught up with the three guys who did duty at Hooker for the Springboks at last year's Rugby World Cup in Japan to get their thoughts on a wide range of topics, but most importantly, the Stronger Together for 32 Rand 12 campaign, which was launched last week. You can get all the info you need from springbox.rugby, but what it comes down to is that all the Springbok Rugby World Cup squad members each donated a special item from their time in Japan. Raffle tickets cost 32 Rand 12 and all proceeds go to alleviating hunger with the help of Food Forward SA and Gift of the Givers. In the first six days, SA Rugby already raised more than half a million Rand for this great cause. First, we'll hear from Bongyu Benambi, but before we do that, Let's go back a few months when the live wire hookers scored two tries against Namibia and Japan. Taken there by Diego. It's tight. Namibia happy to engage in that wrestle at the mall and holding strong initially. And Aurira feeds it back for Umbanambi. They come round the corner now and through goes the hooker for the first five point up. It's Bongi, Mbunambi with South Africa. And just the weight of numbers, the weight of, well, the weight of weight, wasn't it, in the end? And Mbunambi, clinical at the end, good execution. They got that set. Namibians fell off at regular intervals all the way through, and nobody was left. Mbunambi finds one of his towers at the line-out. That was Diego who pulled it down, and they go hard again. Bongi and Mbunambi. Two tries inside the first 20 minutes, if you don't mind, for the South African hooker. Yeah, that certainly brings back uh, great memories. Bongi, uh, welcome and thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I know you're very busy. Um, firstly, uh, tell us what went through your mind when you listened to the commentary of those two quick tries you scored against Namibia. Yes, DJ. First, I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I listened. Uh, I brought back quite amazing memories, and yeah, I was just I was just listening to it, and uh, uh, had a massive smile on my face because I could just because I could just uh, play it uh, play it back in my head, and actually and actually took me back to that uh, to that moment when when all that was happened. Obviously, those were two of the three tries you scored at the World Cup um, between you and uh, and Scala and Malcolm. I think the, th- the three of you scored something like six tries. So obviously, for for the Springbok hookers, finding the try line isn't uh, isn't something funny. Um, just looking back at the World Cup, um, it was obviously a massive highlight for for everyone involved. It ended a bit sadly for you, though, uh, in that you couldn't finish the final. Uh, you had to leave the field quite early. Um, was it a, was it a big disappointment for you to miss that match? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd say it wasn't a big disappointment. It was a bit of a disappointment, but I mean, I really, I really got the chance and the opportunity to play in a World Cup final, uh, which not a lot, which not a lot of players can say that. But yeah, for me, I was, I was pretty upset as you, as you may have watched um, uh, the final. Uh, I was, I was actually having an argument with my doctor on the field, telling him I'm okay, I can stay on, 
but yeah, it was just uh, uh, for player safety and obviously they were, they were looking after my safety and yeah, I just sadly had to leave the field. Um, but it ended in a big highlight, uh, obviously for you guys, and you've been involved for most of the last four years. Uh, disappointment at first and then things, things turned around uh, for the Springboks. Uh, what was it like being part of the squad and going through those lows and then you know, picking it up and, and ending on a massive eye in Japan last year? Yeah, as you said, uh, we had a uh, we had a tough uh, a start uh, at the beginning of those four years. But I mean, um, uh, credit to Rossi and his team. I mean, it came in with a plan, came with a clear plan to all the players. And yeah, and, uh, and, uh, like uh, from the start, they told us exactly what they want from us, what they're expecting from us, and uh, and yeah, uh, most importantly, what the nation was expecting from us. Because I mean, as you can remember, um, uh, uh, not just the rugby, but the whole, but the whole, uh, but the whole South African nation was going through a very tough time. Uh, uh, back then, um, and yeah, I mean the plan was just to uh, obviously go there to Japan with a clear plan, um, um, uh, make sure that everyone is aligned, everyone is on board with the plan. And yeah, I mean when you got there, you could see you could see that everyone was focused on the main thing, and the main thing was just playing rugby, playing winning rugby. And yeah, um, uh, the, uh, the obvious goal was to uh, was to come back with the uh, uh, with the World Cup, and that's exactly what we did there. No, that was that was exci- that was an exciting time for our rugby, definitely. Uh, Bongi, the season started for you guys. Um, unfortunately, you picked up an injury. So the last couple of weeks, while everyone else has been in lockdown, uh, so have you. Um, you've you've had a, a bit of a different approach. You've been most doing mostly injury rehab and then training. Can you just tell us a bit about your your two months in lockdown and how you've approached it? Uh, yes, uh, I obviously got injured in the first game of Super Rugby against the Hurricanes. Yeah, there was uh, there was really something I wasn't expecting to happen to me, but yeah, it was part of rugby. So yeah, I mean for me, um, uh, the whole lockdown thing. I know uh, it's been tough on the whole nation, the whole world, but for me personally, I've seen it as a positive because I mean, I've gotten I've I've got I've, I've gotten time to actually get back to running now. At the moment, I started running. And yeah, I mean, the whole lockdown for me has just been focusing on my uh, on my rehab, but also the amazing thing is just uh, the amount of time we get to spend with our families, and just and just being home with my wife and my child, and just and just experiencing them uh, because because in the line of rugby uh, we do travel a lot, and you actually miss out on the on the, on the quality time with your family. But I mean, uh, in the midst of this whole uh, COVID thing, uh, especially rugby players and all the sports people have have actually gotten time to be home. And just and just spend quality time with their uh, with their families. Uh, so there is a positive in this whole in this whole negative situation that we're in. But yeah, uh, we're making the most out of it. But uh, I must say that we're all looking forward to getting back to uh, uh, to playing rugby and, and and just getting back to being um, uh, to being a social nation that we are. And uh, and obviously something that the Springboks have have done, which has caught the attention of a lot of people across South Africa and I think the rest of the world as well, is the, is the Stronger Together for 32 Rand 12 campaign, uh, where you guys donated personal items from the World Cup last year. You also gave a couple of very cool things for, for, for prizes. Just, just talk me through this campaign, what it means to you personally to be involved in this, in this way, and, and just a little bit about the prize that you are giving. Uh, yes, uh, we started this um, uh, this thirty two twelve thing with the, uh, with, the uh, with the spring box, and yeah, uh, the aim is just to, obviously we know that there's a great need of of uh, of just uh, of just people out there that are suffering, uh, people going uh, without food, going without the basic needs. Yeah, so for us as spring box team, 
we just decided to uh, to take the uh, we stronger together kind of thing that we had in the World Cup and just bring it and and just bring it into this um, into this thirty two twelve movement that we have where we where we give away our personal stuff that we that we uh, uh, that we got in the rugby World Cup and just and just putting them on for like a yeah for like a uh, for like a prize kind of thing where people can go and get tickets. And and actually, and actually for us as a team to give back to the nation. I mean, they supported us throughout those whole four years, and this is just for us just to give back to them. We give back our memorabilia, things like boots, jerseys, and training shorts, and just to raise some money with the um, uh, with the gift of the givers and the food forward uh, SA organizations. Oh, that's wonderful! And 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 you are giving a training jersey, if I'm not mistaken, and boots. Is that right? Yes, I'm giving away uh, one of my training jerseys and one of my uh, match boots. I actually played the final in those boots. So yeah, I just decided to give them away because I mean, this thing is way bigger than us. Uh, people, uh, people in South Africa actually suffering and struggling throughout this whole uh, COVID thing. So we decided just to maybe uh, uh, give something that really means a lot to you. So yeah, I'm giving away my, uh, um, my, my rugby boots that I played the final in. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully, that, hopefully that can raise a lot of money and the money can go into feeding a lot of people and, and meeting their basic needs. Pongi, that is uh, that's fantastic. Uh, before we say goodbye, I just wanted to quickly get your your thoughts of uh, you know it's it's a difficult situation at the moment. Obviously, with the season being suspended, uh, we're not sure when when rugby will return. But uh, we we all uh, hopeful that it will with with the guide guidance of government and SA Rugby taking taking the lead there. What are your hopes for the rest of this season? And then just looking ahead a little bit to next year and the visit of the British and Irish Lions. Yeah, uh, DJ. Hopefully, um, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's a very tough uh, situation that we're all in as a whole world and especially as a nation. But I mean, if we just um, if we just stand together and obviously and obviously um, uh, abide by the rules that are laid out by the government, and yeah, I mean, just just look after ourselves also by just washing our hands and obviously social distancing and making sure that uh, and making sure that we play our part in the situation. And yeah, hopefully things will get back to normal and we get back there out on the field. I mean, uh, just to just to put on our boots and just to run on the field, it's just an amazing gift in itself. And yeah, uh, hopefully things get back to normal. And yeah, looking forward to the um, uh, to next year. Yeah, uh, hopefully things get better and hopefully we can actually get out there and, and do what we love as a as a, uh, yeah as rugby players and obviously as a nation. And go out there and showcase our God-given talents. Yeah, but at the moment, it's just to just to make sure that we play our parts, keep safe, and keep healthy. And yeah, uh, uh, things will definitely get better. Definitely. Uh, just just on the Lions, Bongi, uh, where were you when they lost to to South Africa? I was in high school <laughs> when when they lost to it. I watched all their games through the TV. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Unfortunately, I couldn't go to any live games. But yeah, I mean, I still have memories of, of people like Bison Taurira and Brian Abana. And I mean, all those legendary Springboks uh, playing against the Lions. And I mean, since then, that was my goal, actually, to also be part of that, be part of something special like that. And I mean, I'm sure it's every, it's every goal of every uh, uh, rugby player in South Africa to actually play against the British Irish Lions. Wonderful. Bongi, thanks so much again for taking the time to chat to us and good luck with the rehab. And uh, we hope to see you back on the field very soon. Malcolm Marks goes in the back. Through comes the power. South Africa finished with try number seven. Malcolm Marks.
Well, it had an inevitability about it, didn't it? Marx is celebrating with Snyman the last two try scores, big smiles on their faces. Italy tried hard to stop it initially, but once it gets moving forward, that's simple. Good body positions, low, a lot of the control. And Marco Marx gets a seventh try. Joining us next is Springbok hooker Malcolm Marx, all the way from Johannesburg, where he is uh, spending the lockdown period uh, with his mom, brother, his girlfriend. Malcolm, thanks so much for joining us. Before we, before we get into the, the more um, important questions, can you just tell us what have you been up to the last month, month and a half, two months during the lockdown? I, I, I remember something about uh, struggling to get home from Japan. Yeah, so first of all, thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, I'm obviously spending the period, all, all, all these trying times with my family and my girlfriend at the moment. Um, yeah, and uh, obviously fortunate enough to to able to be able to train and stuff with uh, my brother at my mother's house. Um, and uh, and yeah, we had a we had a bit of a struggle getting home. Um, obviously, because of lockdown and everything, flights weren't weren't being flown and all of that. So. Yeah, it took a little bit of a little bit of time to get back home, but um, yeah, I'm just thankful to be back at the moment. And um, what does your daily routine look like? A lot of people would wonder, uh, professional rugby players like you guys, you're not allowed to train with your team, with your teammates. Um, how how do you approach the day, and especially when it comes when it comes to training? Um, well, obviously, before the first of June, uh, we were only allowed to train or run between I think six and nine o'clock. So, um, yeah, I would, I would get up at about 8 o'clock, obviously have a good, nice long rest, wake up at 8 o'clock, um, take a run to my mom's house, um, do some some sort of micro skills and stuff and, and do some gym work with my brother. And that, that would sort of be my training for for the day. So I get, the, I get the fitness part of it, I get the little bit of skills part of it into it and the gym work, gym work done. And um, and Malcolm, your girlfriend, uh, she's a medical doctor. She is she involved in the in the fight against the coronavirus pandemic at the moment? Yeah, I think yeah. Not only her, I think I think all the doctors are are involved in it. You know, they they're working extremely hard and and putting in a lot of hard work to try and make sure that that everything's under control. And I mean, they work extremely hard. I don't think we all understand. Um, I don't think I understand even the my girlfriend's in the front line. But the hard work that they put in, I think, is exceptional. And then from the, from the Springbok side, um, you guys launched a very interesting campaign recently. It's called the Stronger Together for 32 Rands 12. You yeah. donated a match jersey and, and uh, some of your playing boots that you used last year in Japan. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that and, um, and, and about the prize, if you, if you don't mind, please. Yeah, I think obviously it's a great, great initiative. And I mean, it, I think it's our, it's our chance to give back after South Africa supported us during the World Cup and, and has been supporting us throughout the years. Um, yeah, and I, I just feel us giving away some of the most prized possessions will, will hopefully raise enough funds so we can help people out there that are in need, um, which is awesome for me. And I'm, I'm donating uh, the jersey we played we played New Zealand in, um, the first game of the World Cup, and I'm donating a pair of my boots that were with me in Japan as well. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful gesture. And I think... I'm pretty sure there's there's someone out there who would be very keen to get their hands on that. Um, Malcolm, when it comes to when it comes to the World Cup, obviously a lot has been said and written about the those those magical weeks in Japan. Just the, uh, your overriding memory from from playing in the World Cup last year and and what it meant to you as a as a player. 
No, it was unbelievable for me. Um, it's been my dream uh, since I started watching watching rugby, which was um, sort of 2007 when we won it in France, and um, that it, that has always been my dream to to play for the Springboks and hopefully go to a World Cup and and obviously achieve what they what they had achieved. And um, yeah, it, it was humbling at the same time, knowing how much work that the guys put in and and everybody put into into that um, into that World Cup, but. It, yeah, I don't think I've got the words at the moment to tell you how, how it makes me feel and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, I just say I'm very thankful for it. And then looking forward, you know, um, I know Rassi said after the final in, in Japan last year that, you know, you've got to start focusing on the next big project, uh, you know, which will be the, the arrival of the British and Irish Lions in South Africa next year. Is that something that you would like to be part of and what, what are your memories about them? If you say you started watching in 2007, they were here in 2009. What do you remember of that tour? And um, I'm pretty sure you'd like to give it a go next year. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely love to be a part of that. And, and obviously um, the hard work uh, that has to be put in now and, and obviously staying focused and, and keeping your eye on the prize um, starts now. I mean, I can't rely on, previous performances and previous previous years to get me through into that side. I have to still work hard and, and earn my place in the team. Um, yeah, and obviously watching watching 2000 and 2009, I think my, my biggest memory of the British Irish Lions tour there was when Jock really scored in the corner. Um, I think it was unbelievable. And yeah, well, it seems like they only come around every, I think it's every 12 years. So um, it would be a great honour for me to play against them and to experience that. Uh, wouldn't it be great to see them all visit South Africa next year and we all um, keeping our fingers crossed that, that things will, will pan out well and that we'll have them here. And then obviously for rugby to return. Malcolm, thanks so much for your time. Uh, it's much appreciated and thanks for the good work you guys are doing. And I hope to see you back on the field pretty soon. 100%. Thanks so much. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time to do the interview. I appreciate it. Now Alton Junchi's in at nine. Big first touch there for Stephen Kitsoff. To the right-hand side, they work. Khaleesi. Must have now with Kitsoff. Stain wants it. Goes behind him. Brits. Oh, Brits with a big step. Brits going for the line. He's done well. Wanted. Let's go, Brits. Dazzling. He's almost 40. And he scores a brilliant try for South Africa. Celebration time from the whole team. Well, he's got the step, he's got the smile. Strong leg drive and only just makes it over. But over it is. Try number eight. And back on track for the Springboks. It's great to welcome, all the way from Stellenbosch, the oldest member of the Springboks World Cup squad last year. <laughs> and probably the oldest Rugby World Cup winner of all time. Skulk, is that last statement? Uh, true or false? That is correct. I was uh, the young. Hello, firstly, um, I was unfortunately Victor Matfield put me with a couple of days of being the oldest Springbok. Um, if I played in the final, I would have been the oldest Springbok. But unfortunately, or luckily, I'm the second oldest. As Victor Matfield's the oldest Springbok of all time, but I would say I would be the oldest winning World Cup player. The oldest Rugby World Cup winner. And um, as a matter of interest, or uh, for those people who enjoy quizzes, you also played in the same squad as Franz Stein, who in 2007 was, I think, the youngest ever 
Rugby World Cup winner. So between you and Stanky, you'll have stories yes. to tell to your uh, grandkids at infinitum and until the cows come home. Scott, thanks for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> it's a pleasure, Dion. Just to kick off, uh, maybe give, give our listeners a bit of an idea. Uh, what have you been up to during lockdown? You are stuck in a house uh, with three young boys, if I'm not mistaken. The young, it's been uh, um, very interesting. I think uh, with with a lot of parents with three, well, I've got three boys, eight, six, and four, and they extremely hyperactive like their dad. It's been quite a challenge. But the, um, they they say must be careful what you wish for. Uh, last year I wasn't home much. I think I slept fifteen days and eight months at home. And my my wife Glenda uh, probably well, she wished that I'm home a lot more now. Probably. She can't wait for me to get out of the house, Dion. Um, but it's been it's been quite a challenging time, uh, but great for learning um, and learning in a totally different way. Uh, I've been given a book, um, uh, some reading material to catch up, uh, trying to work remotely like most people in South Africa or worldwide. And it's uh, on one a positive note, it's great being at home a lot. Uh, on a different note, I would like to exercise a bit more and get out and uh, get more sunshine. Uh, what would you say is more interesting, um, learning line-out calls or getting stuck into the business world? Well, currently, I'm, I'm working at Remgro, so luckily uh, uh, in the sporting world or the line-out systems, we never have to count more than nine. So now <laughs> it's uh, getting to different numbers and different terminologies is, is, um, is quite a challenge. Um, being a professional rugby player for 20, 20 years give you a lot of soft skills and uh, helps you to work in a team and get the best out of a team. Uh, now it's more a fact of uh, learning uh, on, on something totally different to, 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 to rugby or calling or lineup system or plays or all those kind of things. It's, it's trying to uh, get up to speed in the, in the real world, I would say. I mean, it's... Um, and and the hours as well. It's uh, it's where you normally work quite intensely for uh, a couple of hours a day. Now it's longer hours and it's uh, a lot more reports and reading. I probably read more in the last what's it now five months than I read in the last ten years. Scott, girl, that sounds interesting. It sounds like you haven't had uh, to dodge some. Some tough negotiators, sidesteps, a tough negotiator in the boardroom yet, which uh, which is maybe not a bad thing. Maybe just give us a bit of an idea exactly what what business skills are you are you sharpening up on? What are you busy with? Uh, so currently, the book I'm doing is financial management. That's uh, my background is accountancy, so I studied accountancy at Sambosh or management accountancy. And currently, I'm I'm just trying to understand EBITDAs and uh, evaluating companies' cash flow. All those things. Uh, luckily, Remgro's got a program in place there where they expose me to different parts of the business or things that I'm interested in, corporate finance, uh, fintech, uh, venture capital, private equity, those kind of things. Um, but, I mean, it's quite nice. Well, unfortunately, I have to do, to do internal audit at some time as well. Um, but for me, it, it, it's quite a... Uh, a whole new world for me. It's Greek at the moment and uh, your attention rate of what you've learned at university and what happens in reality is, is quite different, I would say. 
Um, but luckily, I'm at a firm that's, that looks after their employees and uh, they understand what my background is and they sort of phase me in slowly. I mean, I did my first report ever um, a couple of weeks ago and my wife is a solicitor in, in the UK and she read it and she went, she went uh, that probably could be written by a school kid. So I still got a long way to go. <laughs> well, good luck with that, Skulk. Um, on another note, completely, Thank you, you and, and your World Cup uh, teammates, management members, you all got stuck into a very worthwhile cause recently. It was launched by SA Rugby a couple of days ago. It's called the Stronger Together for yes. 32 and 12 campaign. Can you just give us a little bit of insight, obviously raising um, funds to, to help with hunger elevation um, and, and, and tell us a bit more about that and maybe also about the very unique prize that you will be that you will be putting into the prize pool. Uh, De Jong, it is um, it, it's it was amazing winning the World Cup. You know, you come back and you've got you literally on a high. I mean, you see the country coming together, irrelevant of your background, irrelevant of your religion. Everybody's supporting one cause. And I've um, Nelson Mandela. Now that we celebrate 20 years of glorious and. Uh, and what they've achieved, it's amazing to see what sport can do. And then, you can, you know, nobody expected COVID-19 to it and have the devastating impact, uh, not just from a medical perspective, but from a worldwide economical ex uh, perspective. And the impact not just on companies, but actually people, day-to-day -day people that go to work that can't go to work, can't make, uh, don't get money, lose their jobs, and eventually they, they can't buy food. Uh, and hunger is a problem in Africa. Hunger is, well, probably hunger is a, a problem all over the world. And now that the, the, the challenge has changed totally to a, a new level where we want to give hope in a different way. We want to fight in a different way and not fight people, but fight this um, uh, COVID-19 and the impact that's got. And um, I didn't come up with it. Uh, luckily, sorry came up or Sofu came up with this great initiative to, to help people that can't help themselves. Uh, we are in a for, very fortunate position that we can help people and feed people. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, it must be terrible um, not to have food. And that is what we do. We're trying to raise funds in different ways to help people people um, get by and survive. Uh, unfortunately, we, we've got uh, a lot of unemployment in South Africa and uh, hopefully uh, this may change people's life, see uh, rugby players in a different light. And from my perspective, I, I'm only giving a very small uh, contribution to this cause, but it's hopefully uh, the people that's got deeper pockets uh, than most people in South Africa will will buy these items and that that in turn will buy food for people so it's, it's not just about getting a great item that someone wore during the world cup but actually if you think about it you're helping uh people that don't have the means in south africa so that's pretty much in a nutshell and myself uh i'm giving my uh if everybody can remember uh fafa and his budgie smugglers uh, I'm giving one of those away uh, that we wore during the World Cup. Um, so uh, one of those uh, a shirt and then playing shorts as well. So please, uh, I know it's a 38-year-old 
rugby players, Springbok players, uh, gear or kits during the World Cup, but it goes a long way and it's something personal to to myself and to the Springboks and hopefully we can keep on feeding South Africa. Obviously, uh, that's a great that's a great prize you're giving, Skalk, and we are happy to hear that the, the shorts are at least not 38 years old. Um, I, I think that, <laughs> that would probably have been the, the shorts that Victor <laughs> wore in his, in his test debut, wasn't it? <laughs> Skalk, a bit, a bit earlier we listened to a, a clip of uh, the commentary when you scored that great try, um, stepping a couple of the Canadians, if I remember correctly. Um, what are your yes. what are your over, overarching memories? You know, being one of the more senior members of the squad, someone who's been around, seen it all. What are your overarching memories of what happened in Japan last year? I was remember for me personally. I don't know uh, people that's been to Japan can relate to this. It's it's it feels like landing on the moon, really. I mean, they've got totally different uh, customs than the Western world. And arriving there, you don't really know what to expect. And uh, rugby isn't, uh, or the Japanese isn't predominantly a rugby supporting nation. Then to get there, and they have embraced rugby uh, like no other country I've seen. Uh, it's And from the beginning of the World Cup to the end, the memories we've made, the customs we um, we embraced, and the people, not, not just rugby, but how the Springbok side actually tried to integrate into the communities wherever we went was special. And we were welcomed with open, open arms. And that was actually one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, what, what do you have on your de- deathbed is memories and hopefully loved ones around you. So for me, it's, it's those memories I'll keep forever. And the teammates and friends I've made, they... In the beginning, they're teammates. Now they're friends for life. Uh, from from the coaches to the kit man to everyone in in the team, we all had a uh, combined effort to win the World Cup. And people supporting us, South Africans that went across to Japan, spend their hard earned cash to come and watch the Springboks, was special to us. Um, so from that perspective, yes, it was amazing winning the World Cup. But all the memories around that was even. Uh, was was just as special. And then lastly, I would say arriving at Oliver Tambo was quite emotional as a rugby player and as a person. One of the most emotional things that I've ever experienced, uh, uh, ever. Uh, seeing thousands and thousands of people supporting the Springboks at Oliver Tambo was was phenomenal. And, and like you said earlier, now is an opportunity for you guys to give back to South Africans, ordinary South Africans that got behind you in Japan last year. Skok, thanks so much for your time. Um, actually, before we say goodbye, I'd, I've got one quick question for you. I know you've got to join a webinar soon, being a part of the working world. Um, you played in the UK for a long time, and we are hoping to welcome the British and Irish Alliance to South Africa next year. Um, just, just give us a glimpse of, of how players in in the UK, um, England, Scotland, Wales and Ireland, how they view Alliance Tour, especially to South Africa, and what do you think will make it will make it worthwhile for fans to come see those guys in action uh, when they come to South Africa next year? Well firstly, forget about rugby. South Africa is an amazing country to come and visit. Uh, we've got we are spoiled on firstly South Africans. South Africans in general is great people. They're warm, they're open, they're friendly. Uh, 
to and then secondly with all the tourism in our country uh from from all the beautiful coastal areas to uh the nature itself the wildlife it is phenomenal so just on that self without any rugby it's it's amazing place to come visit and then to combine that with with rugby is massive i mean the lions is is a very special outfit it only comes around every f- four years and every 12 years to south africa so from that perspective i mean i know a lot of the english boys or uk boys and they are frothing at the mouth to come and play the the springboks in south africa um um we I, th- i think it's quite payback time for a lot of the english boys and and most of the boys that was there or i don't think there will be a lot of them that they played in the pre- previous lines tour um so from just from a pure, once again just shortening this up a little bit from a from coming over here amazing country and secondly a very exciting lines tour that said uh, playing the world cup winners uh, the world cup champs and uh, um and you're playing probably one of the best outfits ever the lions and they will be um a very dangerous outfit i think uh, there's a lot of people that are very excited for this tour to happen next year and that can't wait to see everyone in action skulk again thanks for for your time good luck with your webinar and working life and uh, if you. you if you plan to make a comeback back again would you please make sure you announce it on the sa rugby podcast the young i doubted i'll probably be playing touches at makota that's as as close i'll come to uh contact again just remember to stretch and warm up properly thanks so much skog <laughs> skog brits get it to ludiaga skog brits help juice that penalty and he's at the base now and goes himself skog brits the captain crosses ah what a moment for the 38 year old this will be a popular try for Skulk Brits he's had a hand in everything today he's shown strength and ability there power and across he goes well played thank you for listening and please join us again for the next SA rugby podcast for more click on springbox.rugby or check out our social media channels